G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As you'll know, when you read the Bible, and especially when you're into the Gospels and you're seeing those amazing stories about Jesus, things that are connected with miracles, uh, people who are being delivered of evil spirits, all sorts of things like that, and you wonder, does that happen today? Well, an opportunity to explore some things that are happening, and it is in another nation. We're coming back to a thought or two about South Sudan today, where a young Australian family, Ben and Sarah Beard, are working with Indeed and Truth Ministries, and they're preparing to go back for a longer missionary stay in South Sudan. In South Sudan, it is one of those nations in the world would be renowned today to be a Christian nation, although they've had all sorts of challenges with civil war and dreadful violence over recent years. Well, Ben and Sarah are back with us. Ben, a special welcome back to you. Hi again. And Sarah, welcome back to 2020. Thank you for having us again. When we hear of those sorts of stories in the Gospels, uh, of amazing deliverances, of the sorts of miracle power that Jesus was displaying, those things that have filtered down in through history, and we understand the power of God at work based on those things that Jesus did. Sometimes we think those things don't happen today. Is that something you come across, Ben, and then you get to share some of your stories? Yeah, it's funny that you ask that. We actually have a story that comes to mind which pretty much looked exactly like what happened in the Bible, and it was that demoniac that was tied up amongst the uh, tombs because the uh, people couldn't control him. Uh, one day we went to church and this guy got up and he just shared a testimony in front of the church. And he said, for the last two years, I've been tied up. My family has tied me up in one of my huts with ropes because they said I was crazy. And he said, um, I, they took me to church and your church has prayed for me. And for a month later, I'm free. I'm no longer mentally bound or de- you know, filled with demons. I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm free. I'm free. And his family got up and they agreed with the testimony and we were just sitting like, what? Like, what did they just say? Like, that's exactly what it looks like in Scripture. They tied up a man, they couldn't control him, and then Jesus just came in and sets this man free. And so we decided to like, bring him to our compound, and we did an interview with him. I actually took that Bible uh, passage out and dragged questions out similar to it. and said, you know, did your behavior look like this that happened in the Bible? And you go, yes, it did. And then I interviewed the family and they said, yes, he was crazy. Like he would run for days and days, not get tired. He would steal people's water. He would steal people's food. Um, and like they would describe the supernatural. Like, you know, they were describing like an energy that, you know, most people would run and they get tired, but he would run for days and not get tired. So they were describing something that was supernatural. But Jesus just stepped in and set him free. It was amazing. You know, in Australia, we've got all sorts of ways of isolating people who are exhibiting violent behaviour. Uh, we do that in different ways. In South Sudan, they had no choice but to tie him up with ropes. So there was something that was obviously very, very similar there. Uh, so, Sarah, when you've got this sort of story, uh, how dramatic is that when people are seeing someone and they know what he was like before and then they're seeing what he's like in a delivered state? How does how do people react? 
Yeah, I think particularly amongst the church and amongst um, yeah his family, they were elated. They were just amazed that the transformation that God had done in his life and for them, for that witness to spill out into their other villages and so many people through this one man are hearing the amazing miracles that God is doing through him. And it's met, I think at first, it took them a month to take his his bounds off So because they were like, is he really set free or is he just trying to trick us so that we will untie him? But I think they were weary, but once they saw that God had done a complete transformation in his life, It was just elation. The miracle happens and then it takes a month for the family and for those people who know him to be able to accept that something has happened that's so significant here. And when people are recognising that this happens in church, there were people who prayed. I don't know whether they lay hands or what sort of they do. They stand around. You might like to describe that, but, but they pray and you've got this demoniac delivered of a demon spirit that has caused him to do all of these sorts of behaviours, and now he's elated too, no doubt, because he's free. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, we do see other demonic activity occurring in the church as well. Like, you know, um, we've had times where people are praying for them and, you know, their eyes roll back and things like that. And it's not like you see in the Pentecostal churches where people are going crazy. They're very controlled, really, compared to um, what other churches have seen in the past. But, you know, you see people eye-rolling and, you know, moving on the ground and things like that, and you pray for them and they're set free. But this one, you know, where he was tied up, it just seemed to jump out to us on a whole new level. It was amazing. You've got other experiences too. Uh, As I understand it, uh, there was a person struck by lightning. Uh, Take us into that story, Ben. (laughs) That was mind-blowing, honestly. It actually, um, we heard the lightning go off. We were eating lunch while it was storming. And um, as we were serving up our food, we heard this crack and um, Jonah literally turned around and he said, I hope nobody got struck because people get struck in South Sudan by lightning all the time. It wasn't a surprise. And when he said that, he, was, he said, oh, let's pray. And so literally everyone just put down their lunch and we all prayed about this lightning that no one got struck. And it turned out someone did get struck. And what had happened is, is out in the villages, they were doing some farming and it just started to rain. So they said, quick, let's get out of the rain. And as they were running back to their hut, they passed underneath a tree and the lightning stuck the tr- struck the tree. And um, all the people that we had trained in the church, they were they witnessed the striking. And they said, quick, let's go help them out. And they, they came up and one guy wasn't breathing. And the other guy, he was unconscious and they sort of slapped him in the face. And he said, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. And so they said, all right, this one's alive. Let's pray for him first. And they all laid hands on him and they prayed and they prayed. And eventually he started to get feeling in his legs and they picked him up and he was able to walk. Then they looked at the second guy and he wasn't breathing. And they said, by this time, it had been two minutes, like no heartbeat, no breaths. And they're like, you know what, let's just pray for the guy as well. And again, all of the people that had come from the church laid hands on them. There was no pastors. These are all just people that are in the church. They laid hands on him and they prayed and they prayed and he opened his eyes and came back to life. And, you know, we weren't there. Sometimes we're like, oh, you know, maybe we should not call it a resurrection. You know, maybe we should just say, you know, they were unconscious. But, you know, when you listen to their stories, like he sounded pretty dead for the two minutes. And, you know, God just does amazing things. You know, we, we go there and we do things, and after a while we're like, we're here to do nothing. We're just here to be God's witnesses to all the amazing things that he does in his people. 
Well, amazing deliverance uh, from demonic spirits, uh, resurrection from the dead after a lightning strike. Uh, what else can we compare to things that happened in Scripture? Uh, there was a youth conference that you were a part of, Sarah, and uh, things were so successful, uh, not enough food. Give us the story here. Yeah, so while I was over there, one of the areas that I was passionate in serving in was the youth ministry, and they do run a, a weekly um, youth group for, for the youth of Tonge and we asked the senior pastor what's your vision for this year what do you want to achieve with the youth group and he said I'd love to have a youth conference and I'm like okay well when 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 can we do this and when we sat down and looked at the calendar there was a very small window that we could do it before everything was going to get cut off from the wet season so we're like all right if God wants this to happen we've got two weeks to plan this and because we had had such a short time, we didn't think we'd get that many youth. So we only catered for maybe 250, 300 youth to come. And by the morning that we showed up, there was already that many kids there. And then they just kept coming and coming and coming. And like, how are we going to feed all these people? We don't have enough food. We've only catered for about 300 people. And that's when God stepped in and lunch came round and the food just kept coming and coming and coming. And we were like, we were prepared to go without a meal. So that was fine. But no, they kept bringing us food, making sure we were served. And we were hearing stories that there were some kids going back for tenths. And then by the time everyone was very, very satisfied, they had more than enough leftovers to feed all the cooks for them to take food home for their families. So it was just... Yeah, unbelievable. Well, sometimes we like to over-cater, but when you've got 300s coming and uh, 600s turn up and you don't have enough food, but miraculously uh, people are fed, that is amazing. The two of you, you work in health uh, through a local hospital there in South Sudan. You're a nurse, Ben, and uh, your giftings, Sarah, in hospitality and in administration. Uh, but what happens here uh, with the way these sorts of miraculous events are happening in church life? We often think, how does the kingdom of God expand? Take us into what happens, uh, particularly through the community health evangelism, Ben. Yes, this this program is amazing. This is actually about... Um, what we we say a term, no white saviour, you know, about missionaries just coming in and saying, this is how we run the ministry, we're taking charge. We we like to empower the nationals to run their own ministries. So in the hospitals, we train South Sudanese nurses, South Sudanese doctors, we train South Sudanese pastors to run the churches so that, you know, when a civil war breaks out or something happens where we have to leave the country, the ministries continue to run. It's not reliant on us anymore. And one of these amazing ministries is community health evangelism. It's been around for a while. There's a book called Multiplying Light and Truth. Um, it will share Che all around the world. And it's in the Philippines and Vietnam and it's in South Sudan. And what you do is you, you have to empower the, the community to prevent disease. Um, and you mix that with um, the gospel. And the way we do that is we go into each village. We ask them to nominate 10 to 12 leaders and each week we give them one health message and one Bible message. And for the next week, they go and door knock on all of the huts that are in their village and they deliver that one health message and that one Bible passage. And then the next week we give them an, the next one, a new one, and they go out and they deliver that. And just by doing this, in the last year, we've had to plant about 25 new churches and they're aiming for 100 church plants by 2030. And I think they're going to get there probably five years early. It's amazing because they realize that you're changing the community. It's not just talk. You're not just preaching the gospel. You're bringing truth and deed with it. 
and we see that absolutely transforming them. And we're at the point now where we actually have to slow them down. We're getting all these chiefs coming forward saying, hey, can we get Che in our community? And we're like, well, it's not just about quantity. We also have to worry about quality. So we focus on training our pastors and making sure they understand the gospel before we take on new churches and new pastors. We cannot help but be inspired by what God is doing. And just hearing your stories lets us in on how God is doing that. Amazing things are happening, miraculous work, but also that care that comes through the health ministry that you have in the hospital setting. Ben and Sarah Beard, they work with the organisation called Indeed and Truth Ministries. That's a missionary sending organisation and they're sending missionaries to South Sudan. Ben and Sarah have already spent six months in South Sudan. They're anticipating being full-time missionaries. Undoubtedly, for that to happen... Uh, some sort of support is required and listeners to our conversation today can in fact connect with you and they can be a supporter of the good work that you're involved in in missionary service. Uh, Here's how you connect with the Beard family. Ben and Sarah Beard, B-E-A-R-D. Beard family to South Sudan, that's the best way to keep in contact and to connect with the organisation that's sending missionaries to places like South Sudan you could check out the website for Indeed and Truth at indeedandtruth.org forward slash South Sudan. Ben and Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us once again today on 2020. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 